Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Let's get this crowd going now. Come on, get him up, get him up, get him up! Now. He's going to throw down the middle. The ball is caught. Hey, that's great football now. 35-40, down the far sideline. We got to fly, baby. He's still moving. He's going to go. Go Hawks. Are you kidding me? Let's go. 10, touchdown, Seahawks. It's the Seahawks podcast. I'm Seahawks superfan and actor Brett Davern. And joining me as always is Seahawks all-pro linebacker Lofa Tatupu. Ready to do the show? Always. I was born ready, brother. <laughs> On today's episode, the Hawks continue to beef up the defensive line through free agency. We continue the Mount Rushmore or the Mount Rainier or the Mount Rushanier of uh, Seahawks draft picks throughout history. And also, uh, you know, to just talk draft a little bit, even though there's not really too much dis- to discuss right now. We hope that wherever you're listening, you're healthy and you're safe and that we can provide you with some distraction and some fun by doing what we know how to do, and that's talking football. So thank you guys very much for joining us. If you can hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast platform you're listening to us on, it really helps out the show. The more of you that push that button, the faster we rise all the lists and the bigger and better we can keep building this family of 12s that we're building here. If you have anything to say at any time, any questions or comments, you can email us at seahawkspod at gmail.com. Lofa. The Hawks, they go out there, they sign another defensive lineman in Benson Mayoa. They're putting in a lot of work on this defensive line, but unfortunately they're not signing the defensive player that Hawks fans have been waiting for. Are you talking about me? <laughs> no? Okay. Uh, yeah. No, we would love to have Clowney, obviously. Uh, but Mayoa, you know, still productive. He, uh, I think I read something like three or 300 snaps or so and seven sacks. I mean, you know, you'll take that. And um you know, uh, we got Bruce Irvin. We got several other, you know, so we have depth. Hopefully we can get clowny. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, I, my heart skipped a beat, though, because on Twitter I saw it, it. I just read the first few words, and it said Seahawks sign D-E. <laughs> and then it said Benson Mayo. And, and like you said, he's a very nice player, but he's not Jadavion Clowney. And I think it was it the same day that Russell Wilson took to social media to basically beg Clowney to to join the team have you seen this video I, I have not seen the video are you gonna send it to me what was the video like <laughs> oh man it's it's like it's Russell like holding his phone and basically just saying like Clowney come on man we need you join the team I need you back homie we can win a Super Bowl come on man it's is like he, and it's like the middle of the night it's dark it's like a it's like a the strangest booty call singing? I've ever seen is he singing? Because I mean, he might as well. sing, you know. So he might, he might as well be, man. I mean, it, the longer we go without signing Jadavion Clowney, for whatever reason it is, which we don't even really have a clear picture of why it's taking this long. The longer it goes, do you think that's better for the Hawks, or the longer it goes, that's not good for them? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess you'd say better in terms of what maybe the market is dictating. 
Um, otherwise, he, he might be signed for what he wants. But I'm sure he has offers out there. And that's the thing. It's just, um, is he willing to take a mill or two less to go to a new city? He he apparently, you know, everything he said and, and everything he's uh, shown in interviews, he, you know, he loves it out here. Yeah. And I believe that to be the case. And and it's not worth, you know, a mill or two less to relocate to a new city, get reaccustomed to another city and uh, and a fan base and everything in an organization in terms of scheme and uh, playbook. That's the stuff you kind of uh, you're willing to to sacrifice to to just stay into a, a surrounding that is, uh, you know, good for you. Yeah. All these defensive linemen and offensive linemen that they've been getting in free agency so far, do you think that uh, points to their draft at all and how they'll handle at least the first few picks? Yeah. I, you know, in terms of what we actually need after all these signings, I'm not, I'm not familiar with, but um, you know, it, it doesn't point to um, a, a specific like, draft for need and that's like like i said in, in previous uh episode is you know you don't ever want to have to draft someone that has to play right away right. um if you have to depend on somebody i think that kind of you know speaks to the state of your organization and where you're at um and with the last decade of dominance that the seahawks have had i don't i don't think they've ever done you know in that manner so hey let's talk about what the Bengals are gonna do with the first first overall pick okay i want like a super early and unnecessary prediction from you okay yeah okay go ahead <laughs> joe burrows you ready are, that, that was, they, that was is that it early, that was as early as i could get for is you. it really that easy is that what they're gonna yeah. do i want to know what you what you think and then i'll tell you why mm-hmm. that's gonna happen so go you tell me what you, i mean if they don't take joe burrow the world is going to yell at them i mean it's a pr nightmare if they don't because he just set college football on fire last year uh, through more touchdowns than you know um every other quarterback combined it felt like and so if they don't do that it's gonna be they're gonna have to answer that question really hard i don't know if he's going to be able to stand up in the NFL the way he did in college he really only had that one really amazing year if it's me I might play the smart move and take the the kid out of Ohio State um uh the defensive end young right Chase um, young? Okay. yeah I mean because that's 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 I mean Jadavion Clowney was drafted number one overall wasn't he I you know a pass rush solves a lot of problems and I think defense wins championships so I might make the smart move. Well, I mean, I love that you said defense wins championships, you know, <laughs> man after my own heart. Uh, yeah. But I will say why they take Joe Burrows is the same reason Russell Wilson should have got taken earlier. So Russell, three years at uh, NC State, and they transfer to Wisconsin, go straight to a Rose Bowl. Do you know how hard it is to integrate into a another team after – now think about all the guys that have been – you know, recruited that have been there for a couple years and they're waiting for their chance to actually start. And then in comes a guy that transfers and at, at one of the biggest positions at quarterback, you know? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So, and I, you know, I kind of went through the same thing myself being a middle linebacker transferring from university of Maine and going to Southern California. So I understand the pressure that there is to be that guy even though middle linebacker is not as highly covered as the quarterback, right? But you're still a, a signal That's, caller and a leader. Yeah, quarterback of the defense, absolutely. They, well, thank you. Thank you, Brett. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> but so, okay. So now he comes from Ohio State. He goes to to LSU. And, and then he not only makes it happen and leads them to 
you know, a national championship, but he also wins the Heisman. Oh yeah. <laughs> and now he, of course he had a lot of help, you know, mm-hmm. he had a great offense, mm-hmm. um, you know, really good defense. Uh, but it takes a special kind of guy to go into a situation like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I, for that reason alone, you know, the confidence is yeah. through the roof character uh, and moxie to go along with the talent. Oh man. I yeah. mean, it, you know, he knows where to go with the ball and just, just as you know, uh, Tua Tagovailoa does too. I think he's going to be fine wherever he goes. I really do. Right. Right. But, but for, can I write you, I'm going to mark you down as the Bengals take Joe Burrow <laughs> with the first overall pick. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Mark it down. All right. I, All right. I I'll just, mark it down. Because I could, you know. float, I mean, I could float you another scenario where they trade that pick down a little bit, and you know, settle for like a Justin Herbert or even Jacob Eason out of Washington, and and even saying settling for one of them a little bit lower. I mean, those are pretty good players, and then they could get some value from that first pick. So I, you know, I don't know, I don't know, because okay. you know, you got Andy Dalton too right there that they could resign. And he, you know, he, he's got some, some good years. Okay. Well, no, I, I like that. I like that, um, you know, kind of uh, negotiating or, or, yeah. or tactic uh, strategy. I'm, I just, I'm angling uh, for a front office job. <laughs> you and me both. But, okay. <laughs> I just don't see a scenario where, okay, so Eason, Herbert, um, but really what, have, what have they done that's really impressed you in terms of they're that guy. Now I will say Eason before he got hurt at Georgia right. and then Fromm came in and took over. I'll say, yeah, okay. I, I totally get it. Cause you know, Eason was, was balling and then he got hurt and that that's the part of the game. Um, but then now these teams, they take into question uh, durability. So, you know, it gets a little check mark there. And then um, in terms of Herbert, I, I really thought he was ready to leave, you know, last year. And the fact that he didn't almost put into question, not competitiveness, but um, confidence, you know, like where, you know, where does he see himself if, you know, last year they were saying he should have been a top five, top 10 pick. Right. The, you know, I don't know how you go any higher. You go number one overall. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's the, you know, where you want to be. But uh, again, a national championship wasn't guaranteed. A Heisman wasn't guaranteed. So really it just brings into question why you come back for that senior year to me if I'm making decisions. Interesting. I mean, I kind of just saw it as like hometown kid wants to stay in college, wants to give it one more go for the, for the pride of the university, like that kind of thing. So do you give him any points for that? Did did he get the Heisman of the national championship? Oh, okay. All right. I'm the guy. Hey, I've just, you know, interesting. no, it's interesting to hear it from the player perspective and then me coming in with the fan perspective, I think, because for me, if I'm a fan of Oregon, which I would never be. Do you hear me, Lofa Tatupu? I would <laughs> yeah. never be. I can't stand Oregon. But anyway, if I was a fan of theirs, uh, him coming back, that would mean a lot to me, much in the way it meant a lot to me when Jake Locker came back uh, to the Huskies all those years ago. Oh, man, Jake should have left. What? <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're right about that. Jake but me as a fan, six, it, it, went six and six. Jake won all six by himself. I'll say that much. 
I know, but as a fan, you know, it does, it does like it pulls at the heartstrings, but I hear what you're saying from a player perspective for sure. Right on. Today's episode of the Seahawk podcast is sponsored by Bet Online. Receive a welcome bonus on your first deposit when you go to betonline.ag and use our promo code MYPOD100. With no NBA, no NHL, no MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on, but Bet Online has a virtual online casino. Uh, just like any, you know, brick and mortar casino. You can walk in there online. You can play blackjack. You can play poker. Um, There's also mixed martial arts that you can bet on. You can bet on futures like such as will the Seahawks win the Super Bowl this year? You can place a bet on that. There's also American Idol or Lofa Tatupo. You can bet on Tiger King. You can bet on whether Joe Exotic goes to prison or not. Now, I know you haven't watched the show, but do you think he's going to prison or not? I fell asleep twice in the first episode, so I don't see the draw. And I know everyone I'm going to get, you know, everyone's going to just get on me for this. I I don't understand what's so amazing about it. Well, it was a trick question, Lofa. He's already in prison. Okay, well, then I lost. (laughs) But did you wait? So did you watch it? You must have watched the show. Oh, I watched the whole thing, man. You know what I'm going to do? Sick puppy. I'm going to go to betonline.ag. I'm going to use our promo code, (laughs) mypod100. That's all one word, M-Y-P-O-D-1-0-0. You get a welcome bonus the second that you sign up. Betonline.ag, everybody. The fun never ends. Lofa, let's move on to our Mount Rainier or our Mount Rushmore or whatever we're calling it that we're building of Seahawks draft picks throughout history, okay? Mount Rushnier. Let's do it. Last episode, we went through the undrafted guys and the seventh rounders. This episode, uh, we have to do rounds five and six. And then going forward, we only need to do one round per episode. And it will line up perfectly with the draft uh, Uh, coming up three weeks from now, the actual 2020 NFL draft, which is three weeks from now. So today on this episode, we got to get through rounds five and six. Okay. So before we do, though. Yeah. We left out. We omitted a, a seventh round that was pretty crucial. I in did the not. Oh well, no, we did. I said it's oh, okay, a team. Okay. This is a team. Right? Oh, all right. So, hey, I uh, like that. Look at this, <laughs> producer Katie. You see, you put a Pro Bowler and an All Pro on your team, and they take accountability as the I leader did, on the team. As a captain, they have to. I believe. I thought he was a sixth rounder, right? So, but Malcolm Smith turns out he was a seventh rounder. You know. Trojan legend, our uh, only Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> that's that's really what the what is at the crux of this, isn't it? I mean, you know, it's the I, Trojan I, I thing, had, isn't it? I had to add it, but well, I mean, can you name another Super Bowl MVP for the Hawks? Uh exactly. Well, no, we, so, we yeah. don't have one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't have so another one. discussion's over. He's in there. Mm-hmm. He's on Rushmore <laughs> or Rushnair. <laughs> All right, fine. Trojan okay. legend Malcolm Smith oh, from the legend. seventh round. And Seahawks legend. That's right. I mean, those, listen, those two games in a row that he had, well, he had, you know, he had a great second half of the whole season. He came on strong, but the Niners game, because let's not forget, he's the one that catches the tip. Exactly. So Richard Crabtree, phenomenal play, right? But if that falls to the ground, they still have another crack at it, you know? So it's, come on, let's go. Come on. My guy. Two games in a row. Malcolm Smith. Well, he he had a couple games. Uh, he had the interception to the house uh, in week fifteen. He filled in for Bobby at middle, or or, or KJ went to middle and uh, Malk went to to Will. And so, so he he's just a playmaker, you know. Everywhere he goes, he just somehow he finds a way to make plays. 
And, uh, you know, it just, it, it worked out well. I mean, he got the, the fumble and the interception to the house. They played it the other day on, on Instagram, watched him, you know, rumble all the way. And it's just on top of Seahawks. Yes, absolutely. On top of Seahawks legend, SC legend. So that makes me proud here. Let's move on to the fifth and sixth round. Okay. Who we got, who we got. All right. All right. Sixth round draft picks throughout history by the Seattle Seahawks. Um, we're going to have to cut. Let's see here. I got seven guys that are belong in the conversation, so to speak, right? So we're going to have to make three cuts because there's only four dudes on Mount Rushmore. First up, Travis Homer, current running back out of Miami, 2019, barely got a chance to play so far, but, uh, you know, had a couple of nice games last season. We drafted him in the sixth round in 2019. Yeah, I love him, but not going to make Rushnare. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I... <laughs> All right. What about 2016? We got Joey Hunt backup center who stepped in pretty much all season last year for Justin Britt and the rushing game and the offensive line was all right. I, you know what? Yeah, I could, I'll, I'll make consideration for Joey Hunt. Love Joey. Maybe Hunt. not, maybe not Mount Rushnir though. And we're not, maybe I, not well, carving his face into the side I'm, of a mountain yeah, quite yet. Not, not in that beautiful main that he sports. No, I don't know if we're throwing that up there yet. I need to, I need to hear the rest of the, you know. All right. All right. Uh, what about Byron Maxwell cornerback out of Clemson 2011? The Hawks took him in the sixth round. He played three seasons in Seattle. He was an official original member of the Legion, and he also helped win Super Bowl. Super Bowl, Super Bowl champion is always going to be tough for me to not put up there because mm-hmm. we have one. We have mm-hmm. one Super Bowl. So <laughs> it's going to be very tough for me to not include. Should have three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. You know, I, I mean, I, I agree, but we have one. And in, in that vein of thought, if you're a member of that team, um, you know, that was a phenomenal roster that they had and, uh, you know, an epic season. So it's going to be especially and a, a member of the Legion of Boom. I'm, it's going to be hard for me not to include Maxi. So let's hear the rest of the contestants. All right. Next up, you got defensive tackle Craig Terrell, who was drafted out of Purdue in 2004 in round number six. He played 88 career games for the Seahawks. He had 103 tackles, eight sacks three fumble recoveries and the big man did score one touchdown. Here's something interesting about Craig Terrell. He also blocked eight field goals in his career with the Seahawks, which has him tied for the team record. It's yeah. a weird stat. I'll have Craig on here and you could, it's, he's going to tell you, we me and Craig blocked eight field goals. <laughs> so, okay. Quick story about Craig. Uh, and yes, he's most likely going up there. I got to hear the rest of the contestants, but because I played with him and just for tying that that record because he kept points off the board and he's a phenomenal teammate. But we were playing the Redskins 2005, my rookie year um, at SC. We blocked a lot of kicks. Anything past the 35, the trajectory of the kick is not going to be high enough if you get a middle push. So we didn't even have middle push in the blocking scheme. But I looked in the huddle and I said, hey, who wants to block a kick? Craig didn't even flinch. He threw up his hand. He's like, let's go. What are we doing? And I was like, yo, I'm going to push you. Just don't stop running your legs. The first field goal they tried, we, it was like a, like a probably a 44, whatever it was, yard. We blocked it and we went the other way. I think it's Kelly Herndon went the other way for, for, you know, 30 yards with, with the, the fumble recovery. And from that point on, he told me, he's like, hey, anytime we get, a, you know, a situation or a chance like that, when they're just calling an outside rush, just, you know, Give me a push up the middle and then retreat to because I still had coverage. 
you know, I still had a, a tight end that I had to cover in that, you know, faith in case they ran a fake. Mm-hmm. But from that on, I mean, you know, uh, I want to say out of the eight blocks, I probably you know, pushed him five or six of the times. Where'd you, where'd you learn that push? You learned that from liner. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> All right. We're going to omit this uh, section. Let's, Katie, go ahead and delete this. <laughs> wow. but you know what? That just, it just gets, just goes to show you remember, right? You remember watching yeah. champions play liners the champion, <laughs> just like I am. And, uh, you know, yeah. thank you for bringing up my court. That's my quarterback. Um, all right, here, next up on the list, uh, Atua Mealy, tight end, BYU. They took him in 1997. He played 10 seasons for our Seattle Seahawks, finished his career with 164 receptions, 1,700 yards receiving, and 13 touchdowns, but was a great tight end and was the tight end pretty much my whole childhood for the Seahawks. Uh, Tula, love Atula. Um, you know, he was, he was a nightmare to cover when we were going head-to-head in practice. Uh, he could catch, he just catch everything one handed. So it didn't matter how well you covered him. There's just some guys like, you know, Tony Gonzalez, uh, Witten, those guys that just Antonio Gates, they just had that ability to catch the ball with one hand. So it's, it was almost, it was unfair in, in, in their favor. Uh, next up on the list, Michael Bates, a wide receiver, but better known as a kick returner and punt returner. He, uh, went to it played his college football at Arizona. They drafted him in 1993. Now, Michael Bates is an interesting one because he only played two seasons uh, in Seattle, and then he went on to tons of NFL success as a kick return specialist, mostly with Carolina. He played in 145 NFL games, returned 373 kicks and punts for like 9,000 yards, um, five touchdowns. He, I did the math. It's almost 24 yards per return. He was a five-time Pro Bowler, a five-time All-Pro, a member of the NFL's all-decade team of the 90s. And then he also won a bronze medal in the 200-meter dash at the Barcelona Olympic Games. But none of that was as a Seahawks. So. <laughs> but drafted he- to the Hawks? Drafted to the Hawks, though, yeah, in 1993, um, but just pretty much returned kicks for two seasons and then went on to Carolina and all this success and stuff. I think he won the bronze medal, though, before being in the NFL, obviously. That's probably okay, what helped get him into the NFL. And, you know, not to get ahead of ourselves, but we're going to have some tough decisions down the road of guys that were drafted to the Hawks, ultimately had success elsewhere. Now, do, yeah. where do they – do they still fall on, you know, the Hawks, Mount uh, – rush near because we recognize that talent and drafted them or, or does it, you know, fall out of favor with us? So uh, I, the, the numbers and the record just out of control, 9,000 yards, five times pro bowl, five times all pro. Like, uh, I mean, that's, you're, you're flirting with hall of fame, you know, before Devin Hester comes along. That's what uh, I was going to say. He's he's the Devin Hester of his era. He's the Dante yeah, hall of his time, yeah. you know, like those guys. Well, those numbers are impressive. Very respectable, and you know, like, like I said, um, right there, uh, borderline Hall of Fame. So, all right, last up on the list in terms of uh, sixth round Seahawk draft picks. In 1991, they drafted a player at defensive end out of Eastern New Mexico. His name is Michael Sinclair, and he played 11 seasons 
in the NFL, 10 of them with the Seattle Seahawks, one with Philadelphia. Sinclair was a three-time Pro Bowler, and in 1998, he led the NFL with 16 and a half sacks, which is also still a Seahawks single-season franchise record. Um, so if Jadavion Clowney's listening, there's a record that he could be going after if he would sign a contract. Um, and then Sinclair is also a member of the Seahawks' 35th anniversary team. I mean, he was a great player. Uh, I, I watched him my whole childhood getting after the quarterback, and he was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, he's he's going up there for me. I mean, the club record for single season, um, and yeah, spent ten out of, or nine out of ten, or ten out of eleven. Uh, and, uh, ten out of the eleven. Yeah, he yeah he's up there. Well, all right, so we got to make some cuts here. We got uh, let's see, Travis Homer. He's currently on the team, hasn't you know gotten to do so much in his career yet, which isn't his fault. But I think we, we could cut him, right? Yeah, he's gone. No. Joey Hunt <laughs> filled in nicely last year for Justin Britt, but you know, hasn't yeah, you know he's yeah. only been in the league a couple of years, hasn't shown too much, hasn't gotten yeah, a chance no, to. Yeah, love him just like Homer, love him, and you know, happy he's on our team. Have you know haven't haven't seen enough, has hasn't played enough to you know get on on rush near. Oh, now, well, now here's where it gets tricky because there's five players left. Okay, you got Byron Byron Maxwell, Craig Terrell, Atula Mealy. Michael Bates and Michael Sinclair. Okay. You got to make is, one cut. Bates is the cut as, as phenomenal. And, you know, as he was, uh, the others played the, the bulk or majority of the career, you know, uh, with the Hawks and, uh, you know, that, you know, that, that earns the spot up there. We're in complete agreement. These other guys, I mean, they, they just, they, you know, when you think of them, you think of them in a Seahawk uniform and, and it's, it's a Seahawk mountain that we're building. So we have to put Seahawks on it. You're absolutely right, Brett. <laughs> Cut that out, please. You're absolutely right, Brett. You're absolutely right, Brett. You're absolutely right, Brett. All right, let's. right. We're going to move on to the fifth rounders now. But before we do that, I've got to tell you about True Classic Tees. Right now, our listeners get 20% off at TrueClassicTees.com when they use the code BLEAV at checkout. That's 20% off of your first purchase when you use our promo code BLEAV at TrueClassicTees.com. It's T-shirts, everybody. They're just T-shirts, but they're the most comfortable T-shirts you will ever wear. I got a bunch of them. They're super comfortable. They hold up in the washer machine, but they also like they're fitted good. You could wear these things out. You don't have to just lay around the house. And the best part is they're only $15, but you get them for even less when you use our promo code BLEAV when you're checking out <laughs> at trueclassictees.com. That's trueclassictees, T E E S dot. All right, Lofa, fifth round Seahawks draft picks throughout history. I got six of them here, so we're going to have to make two cuts. First up on the list, current Seahawks punter Michael Dixon. They took him in 2018 out of Texas. He's made one Pro Bowl and one All-Pro so far in his career. And, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a punter. He's a good – I mean, he's a good one. He's a good weapon. And he's been able to pin the other team back a lot in his short time so far. Yes, but, uh, you know, only a couple years here. I got. I got to need. I'm gonna need to see more before he goes on rush near. Uh, so <laughs> let's. You know, you said you got six, five others. You know, six. Hey, the, so. the punters need love too. Okay. Uh, next up, Quentin Jefferson, defensive tackle out of Maryland. We took him in 2016 in the fifth round. Um, he had a pretty good season last season. Six and a half career sacks, um, and just signed with the Buffalo Bills in free agency. 
Yeah. Now Quentin, Quentin's a guy, you know, absolutely loved coming out of Maryland. Um, you know what he, he tore his ACL in the first year. So didn't get back on the field to the next year and, and he's re- rebounded quite well. So, um, and a lot of the stuff that he does, he's, he's a one get penetrator means, you know, he's got a great get off and he disrupts and, uh, almost similar to the fashion that Michael Bennett did. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, you know, Quinn's up there for me. Well, let me tell you about the next guy, even though he doesn't want me to talk about him. But um, it's Richard Sherman, cornerback out of Stanford, <laughs> 2011. I see what you um, did. <laughs> he's an uh, original member and probably, uh, well, one of the founders of the Legion of Boom. That was, a forefather, yes. Yes, yes, absolutely. 32 interceptions with the Seahawks, four-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, and an NFL champion. Uh, with us versus the Denver Broncos, not an NFL champion last year, mm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Richard Sherman. I mean, come on, he's he's up on the mountain. We don't even have to go any further than that, no, do we? No, no, we don't. And you know, for the simple fact that Sherman's been the best at his position since he came into the NFL, and mm-hmm. and the fact that he only played his position one year in college, um, you know. I think it only states the fact that he will eventually be, you know, voted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, given another year of success, maybe two. Proud of him. I watched him come in as a rookie the year I was leaving. He, he came in with KJ and a bunch of other guys and Malcolm. So, like, it was, uh, you know, it's good to see him, you know, get his 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 respect and, you know, his due. Can I tell you a Richard Sherman story? No, no, I'm good. <laughs> Because, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you got the stories about all the players and stuff, but I actually have a Richard Sherman story myself that I'd like to tell you. Okay, what uh, you got? Well, when the MTV show was on and everything, I was up in Seattle for Seafair, uh, visiting family and everything. And I got to go uh, to training camp because, you know, the Seahawks are training during that time. And um, it was only couple weeks into camp and um but i got to go as like a uh like i don't you know special guest or whatever it was so what we're my family and i were down on the field for practice and it was awesome and so after practice is over they allow the people who are there watching and all the fans and everything and people with special tickets to to line up and you get to take your picture with some seahawks and they're all sweaty having just practiced and everything. And it's awesome. And so my family and I get in this line and the two Seahawks that were taking pictures with fans that day were Michael Robinson and Richard Sherman. Okay. But Richard had, had only played a little bit in the year before, but had really come on and, you know, played really well, but he wasn't like a full-time guy yet really. Right. So my family and I walk up to take a picture with him and I look him dead in the eye and I'm shaking both their hands and everything. And I look at Richard and I go, Hey man, oh my god, like big fan and the way you came on last year was awesome and uh it, you know that was great or whatever. And he and he stops and he looks me square in the eye and he's still holding my hand and he squeezes it a little more firm and he kind of pulls me in and he goes, "You haven't seen anything yet." Yes. And I was like, "All right." Like it was kind of I was like, "Wow." That's hey, I mean that that's um, who he is, man. Okay. That's, that as a competitor, thought, dude. I thought at that moment, I thought if if he's being this serious with this kid who's clearly just like a huge Seahawks fan and here with his whole family, and he he takes it so seriously. I was like, we are in for just so much fun with this guy, and he didn't disappoint. And uh, that that's awesome. And I mean, but that just speaks to you know his competitive nature. And I'll tell you. I'll give you, so I used to play scout wide receiver in 2015 and 16 when I was coaching, you know, Pete, 
He likes to throw seven on seven. It's like on Fridays we do red zone. I'm not going to say I beat Richard Sherman because I didn't beat Richard, but I actually worked back to a ball. It was like a slant and I caught for like maybe one yard. Uh-huh. So like I had to run back to the ball to catch it at one yard. Most people catch a slant around five yards. So <laughs> I didn't win, but I just wanted to like, you know, say I caught a ball and sure. Well, we get down to the, you know, to the five yard line and I run another, like a slant and pivot and he tackles me and oh. it, it wasn't pass interference, but the, he went for the ball. He got a piece of the ball because he had long arms and then he wrangles me by the neck on the other. And there was no love lost, but you know, I got up and I looked at, it, I was like, Hey man, like if, like if we're going to go that hard, we're going to go. He's like, he's like, Hey, no one catches a ball on me. He's like, look, you wow. don't understand. Nobody wow. catches a ball on me. And I was I like, love hey. it. I go, I respect it. I respect it. Yeah. <laughs> so I love it. We had some battles and this is no pads, no helmets, no nothing. This is just a walkthrough, but even in a walkthrough, there's only one way to play, you know, in, in the, the mindset of a true competitor. And, and that's what he is. And that's, it was, it was fun to see it, you know, firsthand. Well, we, uh, someone's got to remind me to post, uh, the, uh, the photo, the photo that is with, uh, my family and Michael Robinson and, and Richard Sherman, because speaking of his wingspan, he's on one end of the photo. And I swear his arm, cause he, they, they both have their arms like on our shoulders. His arm is going past three of my family members. I'm not joking. That's it's why amazing. nobody catches the ball on him. Yeah, he's he's incredible. Um, moving on to another player um, that was drafted the year before Richard Sherman was taken in the fifth round. This other player was taken in the fifth round. He was a strong safety. He was from Virginia Tech, and his name is Bam Bam Cam Chancellor. He had a seven-year career. He played every season with the Seahawks, a four-time pro bowler, a Super Bowl champ, finished his career with 608 tackles, 12 interceptions, 10 forced fumbles obviously an original member of the legion of boom i mean in my opinion cam chancellor should be uh not only on our mount rush near but also up in the seahawks ring of honor someday right off the bat the hit that comes to mind for me is the one that he laid on vernon davis that time i mean that was just like a soul crushing uh hit and and you know countless others in the pick six against carolina and everything and i mean you know cam chancellor what more can you say He's had, you know, so when you said the hit that comes to mind, I thought of like six of them. I thought against the interception against Baltimore, Todd Heap. Uh, I thought of the one against Anquan Bolden. Uh, oh, oh, yes. Yeah. I thought of, obviously, I thought of Vernon Davis uh, twice. There was also one on a crosser uh, where he got Vernon and just, you know, dislodged the ball. Sure. I also thought of Calvin Johnson across the middle. And then, uh, the running back at Cleveland. Okay, this was 2011. Uh, Cam's second year when he finally got to start. There was an open field tackle uh, against uh, the running back Cleveland, Chris Ogbayana, and there was no help. If Cam misses either way, right or left, uh, the the running back scores, and uh, and he upended him and took him down. And it's just you know it was so many hits by Cam Chancellor, and um, you know absolutely, I believe he will be in the Ring of Honor, and then. Um, I hope he even gets, you know, consideration for, for Hall of Fame, you know, uh, just as uh, some other guys like Terrell Davis. Obviously, Terrell had a phenomenal, I mean, you know, MVP, uh, two Super Bowls. So there, there, there's a resume there for Terrell to get in, obviously, even though his career got cut down to, to six or seven years. But right. but Cam, the same, you know, uh, I don't know if you, you can name another strong safety that had the impact that he did 
in in his era. Um, oh, I mean, honestly, might be just honestly one of my favorite football players of all time. I just, I, I just. I loved watching him play so much. And, you know, just everything, not only his game, but just down to the way he looked in the uniform. You know, he's got the dark shield and he just looked intimidating back there. He's everything you'd want in a strong safety. And um, I don't know. I love the guy to death. I, him and Richard, we can both yeah, uh, just, tell the they're, they're artisans there. to start yeah. carving. Yeah. yeah, they're already up there. Yeah, get to work, guys. You can start on Richard. They can, they can start chiseling. Their faces in. They're in there. Next up. Yeah. Who are the two that we need to decide on? Okay. So next up, you got Rocky Bernard, defensive tackle, Texas A&M. Took him in 2002. He won an NFC championship with the Seahawks. Played in Super Bowl 40. Finished his career with 380 tackles. 33 sacks as a defensive tackle, which is pretty impressive. So Rocky Bernard, also on the list of fifth-round Seahawks draft picks. Yeah, that's my guy. That's, uh, you know, arguably – the best D tackle I ever played with Rocky. And this is what's crazy. I've never seen a guy just, you know, out of, you know, say you play 70, 80 snaps, this guy played probably, you know, 60 of them. And uh, all he did was bull rush people. Uh, he, he didn't, he didn't even use a second move. It was just bull rush. I'm going to run right through you. And, and everybody knew that. And, and he still had success eight and a half sacks. Uh, my rookie year should have made the pro bowl that year. Uh, Rocky is a guy that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm putting up there. So, uh, I got you, we got Cam, we got Sherm Rocky's in there for me and a Super Bowl champion when he left and he went to the giants. All right. So I only have one more for you then. Okay. Who? Yeah. The last one I have for you goes all the way back to 1986. The Seahawks took in the fifth round, a guy named Bobby Joe Edmonds. He was a running back. They took him in the fifth round. Like I said, he still holds two Seahawk records for most punt return yards gained over a thousand and most, uh, punt yards gained in a season 419 what i'm trying to say is he still holds two seahawk records he also made an afc pro bowl in his rookie season of 1986 so one-time pro bowler bobby joe edmonds um and also played most of his career with the seahawks so that's kind of been part of our criteria so far as well uh what are your thoughts i mean so so we got you you otherwise you're putting in what uh dixon or or q or Quinn okay. Jefferson, yeah. So we're on the we're, on the on the side of a mountain. We're we've set got on a car. Sherm. Yeah, we're, we're set on Sherman. We got we're set, set on Cam. Cam. We like Rocky a lot. He's I'm in. Set, I'm set on Rocky. Rocky's yeah, yeah. Going he, in for uh, me. That's fine. I'll, I'll go with it. He's in for sure. So that's the three of them. And now we 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 must carve either Michael Dixon's face. Quentin Jefferson or Bobby Joe Edmonds. We have to pick one of those. Uh, who are you going with? <laughs> I don't know. Um, let's go with Bobby Joe Edmonds. Why not? I, I'm with that. Yeah. Let, let's Throw go a with, nod to the silver helmets. Let's go with the classic, right? Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm let's with go that with too. The classic. Yeah. And just for the simple fact, love Q, love Michael Dixon. They just haven't been here long enough uh, to, to, to replace a guy. Like Bobby Joe. Coming up in the fourth round on the next episode, I have another kicker for you, but I'm not going to tell you who it is. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> who, who is that? <laughs> I'm trying, I'm racking my brain right now. I don't know, but right now I wish I had a long snapper just to get your. <laughs> oh, we sh- your oh, my God. Oh, everybody, for now, this has been the Seahawks podcast on the Believe Sports Network. 
My name's Brett Davern. That is Lofa Tatupu. We'll see you next time here on the show. If you want to email us about anything at all, ask us questions or react to anything, the email address for the show is seahawkspod at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for joining us. This is a good one. Go Hawks. Oh, did we, did we mess that timing up? <laughs> Go Hawks. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.